today, uh, I'm just going to be real honest with you. I'm not sure how all this is going to turn out. <laughs> like this sermon. <laughs> because I want to talk about something. I want to talk about faith, but not just any kind of faith. I want to talk about, stay with me, messy faith. Faith can get messy sometimes. I mean, when you do the right thing, sometimes, sometimes you got to go back and do it again. And then it's like, it just kind of, kind of gets messy. And uh, we always tell people, if you ever find a perfect church, don't join it because you'll ruin it. Because yeah. <laughs> you're going to mess it up. By the way, church isn't for perfect people. It's for people who serve a perfect Savior. <laughs> He's the perfect one. We're the ones that need help. So our faith at times can get a little bit messy. In the book of James, verse 1 Chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Ask in faith nothing wavering. He that wavers is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Then it says if you ask wavering, don't you, you probably shouldn't expect anything because you don't believe that you'll get it. Amen. Now, we're among friends. How many have ever prayed the prayer and you ask God for something and down deep inside, you're like, that ain't going to work. <laughs> Raise your hand for me if you don't mind being honest with since we're in church, everything like that. <laughs> church could get messy. Faith can get messy. I want to encourage you today to embrace this process of faith and not to be so hard on yourself whenever you don't get it exactly right. Understand that it's important to persevere through and go back and start over and, and move forward from where you are. Faith is, uh, oh, it's what pleases God. Yeah. By the way, you know that's why you're here today, right? I mean, honestly, we come to church today so we could please God. Am I right? So that's the, last Monday night was, Monday was Martin Luther King Day. He's a, a hero in the faith, I would say. But he said this, he said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Because if you can see everything and you already have what you asked for, you don't really need any faith anymore. But if you don't see it and you don't understand it and you don't know how it's going to happen, then you understand that faith is something that is intangible that at some point in time becomes tangible. But faith, when it becomes tangible, isn't faith anymore because you already have it, what you asked for. So Friday morning, Thursday, I get a phone call from a friend of mine, and we borrowed his horse trailer, his cattle trailer, tall a bunch of steers, we had for a roping last Saturday. And a friend of mine, he says, uh, where's my cattle trailer? My son needs it to, wants to go to a roping. I said, I don't know. I mean, we got great volunteers to help us with things. And I assumed that he had gotten it back, but he hadn't gotten it back. And it was still here. And for those of you who didn't go outside on Friday morning, it was cold. <laughs> and I told him I'd have the trailer back. I come and get the trailer. And in the trailer is the remains of a lot of steers riding in it. The trailer was clean when I got it. You know what that means, right? <laughs> and it's still cold. So our guys here at the church, they hooked up the, the sprayer, the, the, the power washer, and, and uh, I began to clean out that trailer. 
in, uh, just out of curiosity, how many people here have ever cleaned the poop out of a cattle trailer? Raise your hand. Oh, are you serious? Oh, I feel so much better now. I'm like, man, you're going to get this. And all the rest of you that haven't done it, it's going to rub off on you. So what you do, you spray out the big chunks. Now listen, I I just want to give this disclaimer. You'll not hear this kind of stuff like I'm talking about anywhere else. Like nowhere else. You'll never hear another sermon like this. I'm sure you've never heard one before. You pull, get the big chunks out. And then you got to go back and get the smaller chunks and then you go back and get the smaller chunks. And then you begin to, because there's, there's, this is a wooden trailer, and you had to spray on both sides of that wood. And whenever you spray in the corner of something, <laughs> you know what happens, right? When, when you are cleaning up after somebody, you're always going to get some of it on you. We're talking about church too. We're talking about church too. You can't help it. After about six swipes, I mean, I'm, I'm making it a lot, making it sound a lot better than it is. Those, those, those steers had a good diet and there's a lot of salt in their diet. I can tell you that. The reason I don't get to COVID is because I eat a lot of dirt. <laughs> and that's my theory about it anyway. I don't know if it's... Oh, well, that's... eventually it becomes dirt. Once you get it all cleaned out, then you got, you got to clean the top of it out. Because it all sprayed off on the top and, you know, it gets everywhere. Y'all come on with me. Again, this stuff gets everywhere. If you've ever been in church, it's going to get some of it's going to get on you. (laughs) You got to love this. But then after you spray the top out, you got to go back and spray the bottom out again. So then you go on the outside and spray the outside off, and after you spray the offside out, out, then it's back in the, only, you all get in the picture, right? I mean, it's the song that never ends. Once you get it all cleaned out, then you realize that the, the, the truck that's pulling the trailer has it all over the truck. Inadvertently, it didn't have that truck. Didn't, it was an innocent truck. It didn't have anything to do with any of that. But it still got it. Am I, getting, am, I, am I making any sense to anybody so far? Mm. Oh, by the way. Those steers that were doing all that were healthy steers. I don't know. You ain't getting that part. Good, healthy steers. I'm going to talk to you this morning about Abraham. There's some scriptures in the New Testament. Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham believed God. And it was accounted unto him as righteousness. In other words, because Abraham believed God, it was accounted unto him as righteousness. And that means that Abraham was in right standing with God because he believed God. And Abraham became the father of many nations. God put all of his marbles in this basket of Abraham and Abraham's descendants and the blessing that God put on Abraham, we as a church are still enjoying those same blessings that came on to Abraham. Now, I don't know if you've ever 
read in your Bible about Abraham. Abraham spread some stuff around. Just like in that horse trailer. Abraham was not a perfect man. Abraham had some issues. Woo! Like, he left his homeland, and that was part of God's word to him, to leave his homeland. But as he left, he went through different countries, and he told the king one time that Sarah, his wife, was his sister because he thought the king would kill him because, he was, because Sarah was so pretty. And so the king, he looks at Sarah, and he's like, hmm, she looks good. And then God begins to hammer on the king. And the king finds out that Sarah is Abraham's wife. And, and here's the father of many nations being stupid. <laughs> spreading poop around. <laughs> Stay with me here. I got, a, I got a reason for all this. Let's go back to the New Testament. Let me read some of this. This is important. Romans and Abraham, he's all through the Old Testament, beginning in Genesis, the very first book of the Bible. And then we move forward into the dispensation of grace and we listen to some of the scriptures that of the, the writers of the New Testament talked about Abraham. Romans 4, 3. What does, it, what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. Everybody say believed God. And it was credited to him, it was a credit to him as righteousness. Romans 4.18, against all hope. Any ever, don't raise your hand. Anybody ever been there? Sometimes it's just like, I just don't have a lot of hope. He said, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. My challenge to you is that you may be going through some things and you, if you're not now, you will be going through. If everything's going good for you today, just hang on because the world turns over every 24 hours. Something's going to change tomorrow. But he said, against all hope, in hope, Abraham believed. That's my challenge to you, to keep hope. No matter what's going on in your life, against everything, when things just don't look right, and there's issues and there's problems, the Bible says, Abraham against all hope, in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Galatians 3, 6, so Abraham believed God. It was credited to him as righteousness. James 2, 23, and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was, this is, this is all through the New Testament. So historically, Abraham became known as the father of many nations through a promise given to him by God. Throughout history, he has been venerated by three different religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. We're talking about Abraham here. Genesis 17, 5, it says, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you the father of many nations. Here's my point. My point is that God keeps building up Abraham in the middle of his issues, in the middle of his problems. God still stays with him and helps him to get to the place where he has called him to be. Amen. Talking about faith. If, if you were to measure your faith on a scale of one to ten, like one being no faith. And 10 being, man, I got faith, I'm so I'm just faith, full of faith. <laughs> Number 10. I would just guess that, I'm just guessing, but I'm guessing you probably, I know where I would put myself, you would probably put yourself maybe not at a 10. Some of y'all say in different numbers, but, but the, 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 the truth is that none of us, when it comes to perfect faith, have, have it all figured out. 
And I would just say this, that if you think that you have it figured out, you're in the right place right now. <laughs> Messy faith. Stressful life in the 21st century seems to be taking a toll on a lot of people's faith. faith the, the faith of God's people are being challenged today. Uh, things come at us from different directions sometimes, and doubt seems to be stronger sometimes than our faith. Sometimes sarcasm takes over. <laughs> the guy with Moses, I think it was Corey, he said, did you bring us out into the desert to kill us? You know, when they came into the, the they left Egypt, the land of bondage and they decided that they would leave the land of bondage 400 years they had been there and they said that they decided they'd leave and on the way everybody say on the way that's what I'm talking about right now on the way to the promised land faith kind of took a left hand turn for a lot of them and they began to be sarcastic about, oh, God's not going to answer my prayer. Can you, you brought us all the way out here in the desert just to, anybody, don't raise your hand, anybody ever complain to God? <laughs> Stay with me, you're in the right place, you're in the right place. Exodus 14, 11, they said to Moses, was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us into the wilderness to die? Can you imagine Moses was like me cleaning out the horse trailer every day in the wilderness? Moses, the guy that God trusted with the Ten Commandments, his faith, along with Abraham's faith was messy. He was a murderer. He had a bad temper, but also... He was a man of faith. God chose him to redeem the Israelites, to take them into the promised land. So why do we bring up Moses? I got to stay with my notes here. Stay, stay with me. God told Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. This is back uh, in, in Genesis. And Moses was the one that led the uh, descendants of Abraham into the promised land. And while they, while, when, when Abraham left his land, God took him to the same promised land that he wanted to bring the Israelites to. And God gave this challenge to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. And, and in Galatians 3, 16 uh, in 19, we learn from the call of Abraham to the year that Moses received the law from the time Abraham to the time Moses received the law was 430 years had passed. Abram was 75 years old when he was called. Moses was 80 years old when he received the law. And then you remember, we have Abraham, then we have Isaac, then we, and then we have Jacob. And for all of those of you who are adding up the numbers, uh, the numbers of the years of the time that they spent in Egypt, it started when Jacob came to, to, to Egypt. You know who Jacob was. Abraham is the father of many nations. Then he had his son Isaac. Everybody say Isaac. And then there was Jacob. And then Jacob gave birth to Joseph and the 12 tribes that actually left Egypt. When they went to Egypt, they multiplied in great, great numbers. And God redeemed them through Moses and took them into the wilderness. And then eventually, everybody say eventually, they made it into the promised land. So Abraham and Sarah were considered to be people of faith. And yet at times, their faith was less than perfect. They received a promise from God and started out on their life's journey. They had a spring in their step with exuberant faith, I would say, that God would unfold all of his blessings without a doubt. And they were faithful on their journey then after many years, everybody say many years, the promise for a son had never came to pass. And they're like, hey, 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 what am I, chopped liver? I'm getting old. 
I was old when you said this. I was 75 years old, and now I'm getting older, and I'm getting older. And how many knows that God doesn't necessarily, oh, excuse me, God doesn't ever work on your timetable. And how many knows that God's timetable is perfect by faith? How many can say that? Yeah. Some of y'all may not agree with it, but God isn't up there waiting for you to agree with him. The truth is always going to be the truth no matter whether we believe it or not. Whether we're ones in the horse trailer just messing it up. Or if we're going, God, you got a plan here. And I'm going to help clean up the trailer instead of mess it up. Abraham did a little bit of both. Years later, the promise for a son had not come to pass. By this time, they were both really old. And they tried to help God out a little bit. God, you just don't understand. And so, you all know the story. Sarah looks over at Abraham, says, hey, I got this handmaiden here. She's a lot younger than me, and I hadn't had no babies yet. And uh, Why don't you just take her, and you can, have a, you can have a son by her. And Abraham's like, okay. <laughs> That's what you want. You're calling the shots here. (laughs) You know the story. Abraham gets with Hagar, and they have a son named Ishmael. And Abraham, this is a son. Stay with me. This is a son of Abraham. But it's from a... Bond woman. This is the name the, the scripture uses. It uses the name bond woman. And she is in, she is a servant to the master. And whatever the master says she has to do, but the master got out of line. Did you know that whenever you have problems and you don't know how to solve your problems, and you have an opinion. You will always go to a person that, let me change that. In the flesh, we will always go to somebody that will agree with us to enforce what we really think we should, we ought to be doing, no matter what the word of God says. This happens a lot with married people when they want to get a divorce. They won't talk to people that will tell them the truth. They just want to talk to somebody that will tell them what they want to hear. Oh, I'll get off of that. So, being National Right to Life weekend, I thought it would be good if we talked about Abraham and Sarah. So, Abraham and Sarah, they're trying to help God out. And uh, Abraham, I wrote this down. Abraham plus Sarah plus Hagar plus Ishmael equals a mess. <laughs> I wish this didn't, honestly, I wish this didn't hit so close to home. It, it, it's funny how, it's not funny, but it's, it's, It's intriguing how we can mess up something so perfect that God has for us. And then what is so amazing is that God brings his mercy and his grace into a situation. And he says, you know what? I'm not going to count this against you, but I'm going to tell you something. What you're doing isn't going to work. You're going to have to do it my way. If If you have Faith. People may have added to their doubt that anything would happen according to God's promise. 
when things become unfavorable and we really don't feel anything, do we allow that to run our emotions and our decisions about our specific situation and we set God's word aside and in this one thing, we decide that this is best. Their friends might have said, if it hasn't come true by now, it never will. You're old. I think you probably didn't hear from God. You see, from our own experience, experiences, we can almost hear the doubting Thomases coming with advice and remarks. <laughs> Romans 12, 3 says this. It says, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So if this scripture is true, everybody in this room has a measure of faith. How much faith do you have? You have, I hope, I hope everybody listening, you have enough faith. The measure of faith that God has put in you is enough. Everybody say, it's enough. Say it like you mean it. Say it's enough. Yeah. I'm telling you, we've got to get a hold of this right now because we judge ourselves too much because we continually trying to clean out the cattle trailer. But I'm telling you, it's worth it. And it's enough. You have enough faith. Abraham, listen to this. Abraham and Sarah they laughed in doubt. Although the various times in their journey, God had obviously had anointed Abraham and Sarah specifically to bless the nations of the world. God reaffirmed the promise to Abraham by a covenant and other conversations. Yet Abraham also laughed in Genesis 17, 17. It says, Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will I Will a son be born to me a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. That hurts my heart right there. Well... I know what you said, God. So this is the part. I, I'm, this is the part. Oh, help us. God told Abraham, he said, cast out the bondwoman. Sarah laughed too, by the way. But her laugh, her laugh was a laugh of doubt as well. And then, then whenever she was confronted with her laugh and of doubt and unbelief, she said, oh, no, 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 no. I didn't laugh. I, oh, no, no. I was just like, I was like just doing the dish. Huh? That's what, no. <laughs> she laughed. And they said, but she, you did laugh. And, and if we're not careful, the sarcasm of the truth and the faith that God has for us, the sarcasm will come through and our unbelief will come through if we don't get it the way we want it, when we want it. We think that God is a Burger King God. Give me two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on my sesame seed, bunny, give it to me right now. God's not like that. <laughs> he ain't, it's not the deal. So God told so she has Ishmael, and, and Hagar gets this, she cops this attitude about, <coughs> you know how it is. Lord help us. Hey, Hagar, she's like, I got a boy, you don't. <laughs> nanny, nanny, boo boo. <laughs> and it just caused all kinds of problems. That woman, it, it, you know, then it, it goes out of control and. The poop flies. <laughs> Their faith becomes messy. So God's like, you got to clean this up. 
you got to clean it up. Cast out the bondwoman. What? Not Ishmael. That's my son. The bondwoman represented the sin in Abraham's life. And, and just for all you people that just get mad at God for almost everything, it's like he said, I'm going to take care of Hagar and I'm going to take care of Ishmael, but she, he, they will not be the one that I give to fulfill my blessing. Cast her out. There's no blessing in Hagar and Ishmael. That's what, what God was saying. For you, Abraham. And Abraham. What was happening was, was that Abraham's sin was messing up Abraham's blessing. And he couldn't have the blessing as long as he continued to entertain the sin. And if Abraham wasn't willing to clean it up, it wasn't ever going to get cleaned up. That was Abraham's part. God was willing to do his part, but Abraham had to do. I hope somebody's listening to me right now. We have a role to play in the blessings of God. And some of us need to cast out the bond woman. Because there's no blessing in the sin that we entertain. Got to get that pressure washer. Oh, it's cold. Hey, do the right thing. Even if it's hard, do the right thing. Boy, that's good preaching. said I'll establish my covenant I could, I could go on and on and on I just want to bring this into it Abraham Isaac Jacob Jacob gave birth to Joseph Joseph was sold by his brothers into the land of Egypt he, Jacob or Joseph rose up in the blessings of Pharaoh at Egypt and the, 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 the family is a famine and the whole family comes to Egypt and the whole family is saved because of the, uh, the blessings of the, the, the one that God had chose to bless Joseph, told Jacob he was going to bless Joseph and all the brothers got irritated at Joseph and there was another mess there. And Joseph came in and chose to clean it up. And he said this to his brothers because he was at a place where he was a ruler over Egypt. He could have had every one of them killed. But he said, what man meant for bad, God turned it into good. What man meant for bad, I just choose to follow God. And I'm going to keep spraying that stuff. Some of it's going to get on me and I don't, I don't understand. And sometimes it's offensive when it gets in your mouth. And you're like, ugh. It's gross. But it's the only way we're going to get it cleaned up. It's cold. I got to get cleaned up. So they leave Egypt. God's told his favor, let him go, let him go, let him go. They're in bondage. Finally, he lets them go. And they get out into the, into the desert on the way to the promised land. Everybody say, on the way. On the way to the promised land, God gives them a cloud by day in the desert. That would be handy, right? And a pillar of fire by night because it gets cold in the desert at night. He's going to keep them warm at night. He's going to keep them shaded in the daytime. And he's going to give them three hots and a cot. He's going to take care of them. But it wasn't the way they wanted to be taken care of. But underneath the cloud and underneath the fire, there was an anointing because they were where God had called them to be. And I'm just going to challenge everybody here, everybody watching online today, that there's a place for you in the kingdom of God. 
And there's a place that you are called to be. And there's a place where that cloud is. And then there's a place where that fire is. And that's the place of anointing for you. And that's what happened on the day of Pentecost when God sent the Holy Spirit. He said, I will give you power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And he said, there's going to be some hard, hard times for you. But I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. And you will be the righteousness of Christ. You will be my representatives. And because of your righteousness, because you're in right standing with me, I am going to make a way through the desert. You stay under the cloud. You stay under the fire. You stay in the anointing of what you've been called to do. Because everybody in this room has been called for a specific purpose. You are the only you that God ever created you to be. Don't try to be like somebody else. You be you. And whenever you operate in that anointing, then amazing things happen in the kingdom of God because you are who you were created to be because you're under the fire and under the cloud of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Are you going to make mistakes along the way? I wish... Oh, by the way, when we get to heaven, we won't have this problem. Yeah. But, uh, so let me, let me just say this. After I got that horse trailer cleaned out, it was like, or that cattle trailer, it's like, I could have said, you know what? Because those steers messed that trailer up so bad, I'm never gonna haul any more steers again in my life. I'm just not gonna do it. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. You have backed out of the anointing that God has for you because somebody offended you. Listen, it's going to happen. It happened back then. It's going to happen again. But I'm going to tell you something. There's no place in the world like the anointed place that God has created you to be. Get there. Woo, that's good preaching. Before I, uh, back when I was single, my brother and his wife, and their, at that time, their little one-year-old boy, we traveled together out on the rodeo circuit before I ever got married. And uh, we were having a rough, rough time. And uh, we decided we was going to go up in the mountains and fast. <sighs> I've never been a real good faster. And I, mean, I do like, like my metal. I mean, like I gotta have something. I get the shakes when I don't eat. So we we get into that first day. We get the first day past us, and uh, Russ and Anna, they're like, we just want to spend some time together. Can can you watch Levi? I'm like, yeah, I'll watch him. And so uh, they take off. About. Uh, but about an hour later, Levi poops in his diaper. Man, that now most of y'all probably won't understand this, but it really bothers me. Like baby poop and dog poop. I just I'm like, ah, can't do it, can't do it. So I wrap Levi up in blankets and everything, and put him in a stroller, and I take him outside. <laughs> don't judge me please don't judge me <laughs> and I'm hollering for Russ and Anna you know they're having this little moment with Jesus and I'm like it's over it's over <laughs> I wasn't called for this they come back and what's that what's the matter what's the matter I leave that guy in dirty dirty diaper you know, they're just like jaw-droppingly uh, upset <laughs> that I would call them when it was, you know, and uh, so uh, that didn't go over well. Fast forward 
several years, Darla and I get married, and we have Shiloh, and and uh, Darla's she's a great mama. She's a, uh, I mean, very faithful, and very diligent, and and I got out of that diaper changing deal pretty good. And one day she's at the grocery store, and it's me and Shiloh by ourselves, and. Uh, the same thing happened, and uh, and I'm like, gotta do it, gotta do it. So I put a bandana on my thing around my nose, and, and and I go in there, and it's just like it just oh, it's terrible. And so I uh, I get a can of Lysol, and, and I spray Lysol around in the room, and then I'm like need a little bit right there on the source <laughs> so I sprayed, sprayed a little Lysol down there on the bottom and uh, got the got the diaper change on the on the diaper Darla says <laughs> I don't know I don't remember but I just remember I remember the trauma that I was in yeah that's all I remember I mean Sometimes when you're going through some terrible things, you don't remember because it's like PTSD. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I was trying to, when I was getting this sermon, I was trying to think, you know, what, what was the difference? And I loved Levi. Oh, man, I love that boy. I love Shiloh. But something changed in me. Something changed in me when, when I, when it was my baby. Something changed. And uh, I realized that whatever needed to be done needed to be done because she belonged to me. You have given your life to Jesus. You belong to Jesus. Your faith may not be exactly what you want it to be right now. There may be some, you might be on the first swipe of the horse, of the cattle trailer and not understanding why you got to go through all this. And it's just getting all over you. I just want to, I just come here today to say, that Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. Why? Because he believed God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why did he say that? Because it's not that you're a perfect man or a perfect woman, but we must have faith in God if we're going to please God. Somebody say amen to that because that's what I'm talking about. Don't compromise your faith because of your circumstance. When you're tempted just to talk to the hand. Get that out of your system. What'd you do? Bring me here. Why am I going through all this? Did you just bring me here so I could die in the desert? Get rid of all the complaining. Get rid of all the complaining. Be thankful. Find something to be thankful for. Because complaining about something will bring you to death in the desert. You don't want to die in the desert. That's where all them, the Israelites went up. Because they didn't want, they didn't believe God. Then a guy named Caleb and Joshua showed up. And they're like, hey, we can take this land. Let me tell you something. We can take this land. We can take it. Because we're not going to give up. We're just going to. It's just going to happen. But we're not going to let it. We're not going to let it mess us up. Messy faith is part of the process. Once that trailer gets cleaned up. We're going to go find some more steers and put, a, put them in there. Let them poop in it again. Then we're going to clean it up again. Y'all with me? 
Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thanks for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. Help us, Lord, to let our faith be strengthened by you, O God. We thank you, Lord, that you have made a way and made a plan. And I thank you, Lord, for the perseverance of everybody in this room, everybody watching online. There's a lot of people watching online going through a lot of things. Bless them, Lord, today. Help them to know that they are called by you and that they are the righteousness of Christ, that they believe God. Lord, help our unbelief. Help us not to be unbelievers, but to believe more because we know that our faith in you is what gets us through all of the distractions of our circumstances. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. This morning, if you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life is just accepting Christ as your Savior. There's only one name given under heaven whereby man must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. This is what Abraham was bringing the new covenant to. And and it's all about Jesus, the, the great inheritance that God gave Abraham. He has now provided for us. And today, you can be a part of the kingdom of God. God's not going to make you serve him. He's not going to make you be a part of his kingdom. But he's going to invite you. He said he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to a place of repentance. So this morning, if you've never accepted him, maybe if you have, you just haven't been living for him. Simply by raising your hand, say, preacher, I need Jesus in my life. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up high. Preacher, that's me. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Yeah, back in the back. Leave your hand up. Thank you. Until we get a Bible in it. Anybody else? Slip your hand up high. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I need to make him the Lord of my life. I, I just, I want to be a part of the, part of the solution. Yeah, thank you back there. Thank you. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Sip your hand up high, anybody. Yep, thank you back there in the back. Yep. Listen, if you raise your hands, would you mind looking up at me? Would you mind coming up and let me pray with you? Come on up here. Let me pray with you. you don't mind. Yes, both of y'all. Come on. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else who wants to come on up? Come on up. We want to pray with you. It would be a great, great privilege. <coughs> come on, buddy. We'll wait on you. Yeah, thank you. Beautiful. It's the greatest, greatest thing ever in the kingdom of God. Yep, thank you. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. I'm so proud of you guys. I'm proud of you, buddy. You're in the right place. Good. Good to see you. Oh, bless your heart. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Bless you. Look at here. I want to help you all, okay? This is so cool because he says he's not willing any should perish. So y'all are doing the right things. So I want you, I want to help you pray though. I'm going to help Jesus come into your heart and invite him to come. He said we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. We'll be saved. So let's pray together, shall we? Y'all help us pray. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible, to pray, show up for church, get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name. You all know through this sermon, it's not going to be perfect for you. That, I think that's a big thing. A lot of people, they oh, I get saved, everything will be right. But he's going to help you with those problems. But you got to keep showing up and, you, and, and don't ever give up. Oh, listen, this is the best thing I can tell you. Always run to God. Don't run from him. Ever again, purpose in your heart. I'm never going to run from God. No matter what happens in my life, I'm going to run to it. Is that a deal? Yes, sir.
Shake my hand. I'm proud of you. Bless you. Yes, I'm proud of y'all. Listen, go visit those, those ladies over there. Yes, sir. Love you, buddy. Thank you all so much. Just stand with me, please. The challenge that I have for y'all today is there's a beautiful freedom that comes through forgiveness from other people's offenses towards you. Y'all with me? Like church people. I'm talking about church people or family members or whatever. Stuff's going to get spread out. But we come to God and God cleans us and he purifies us in our hearts and our minds and our bodies and our souls. And then we go back out into the world. And listen, I just want to ask you this question. Uh, I don't know how to do this. How many just be honest and say, you know what? I've let some of the world's stuff get on me. And through or maybe some of the stuff in the church it's not from God not everything in the church is from God oh that's going to blow some people's minds (laughs) imperfect people serving a perfect savior we're not always perfect we don't always do the right thing but we can't let other people not doing the right thing impair our walk with God or our faith in God just as a word of commitment, how many will say, preacher, I choose not to let anybody mess up my faith in God. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Oh, we just thank you, Lord, for your love. Let's all raise our hands to him. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Help us, oh God, to, to, uh, to be faithful through the hard times and the difficult times. And even though the man, Abraham and Moses, with their issues, oh God, you still use them. Use us, I pray, for your kingdom and for your word. Help us, Lord, to be doers and not hearers only. Thank you, Lord, for everybody, everybody watching online. Bless them, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. We love y'all. God bless you. We got our prayer team up here. If you need special prayer, love to have you. God bless you.